0: I just continued to share what I always do. And I think that TikTok is basically the essence of Chicish.
1: You're listening to Small Minded, the podcast that believes being small is a good thing because small steps lead to big impact, small towns have a big heart, and small businesses play a big role in our modern way of life. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and here at Small Minded, we share stories and strategies to help small towns and small businesses flourish. Here's to a life well-lived, being small-minded. Hey there, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Small Minded Podcast with Molly Knuth of Molly Knuth Media. Today, I have the privilege of interviewing my friend Megan Ruffles, and she is of the Sheikish Chick blog and all social entities, and it is such a fun interview. I just got done with the recording, and I just have the biggest smile on my face. Megan is, she describes Sheikish as being fancy, but also like you could go have a bush light. And I think that is just perfect. And not only does it summarize me, it may also summarize a lot of you as listeners. What Megan does is really inspire people to live a confident life that makes them happy, makes them feel good, while also being practical. She has run the gamut from a fashion blog and evolved over time to home decor, recipes. Her charcuterie boards are selling out And now she has a TikTok following of over 50,000 followers. In today's interview, we talk all about the evolution of her brand, how she grew on TikTok to a community of that size, and how she's kept it a community, not just a number of followers. And we end today's episode with a heartfelt conversation about her community of Cedar Rapids, Iowa, the devastation that they experienced in the August 2020 derecho, and how she and her neighbors banded together to do what they could to help others who were going through some of the most extreme weather conditions of their lifetime. It is a fun conversation, it is a heartfelt conversation. And I know you're gonna love today's interview with Megan Ruffles of The Sheikish Chick. So without further ado, let's dive in. All right. Welcome, Megan. I'm so excited to have you here today as part of the Small Minded Podcast. Yes.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Molly. I am so excited to be here.
1: I am really, really excited to welcome Megan today. She is near me. Like we're like not too far away, if you're counting in like rural terminology. Um, but she is from a larger town than the one I come from. And we actually met at a social media summit near your home. And yeah, you ever since then, I've been following you and your brand, the Sheikish Chick. And I just love everything you're putting out from fashion tips to designing beautiful tablescapes to decorating for the seasons to shopping at homemakers and finding great deals. I loved that TikTok you put out. It was just recently that I saw it, but it was about um, you're finding these great deals for other people than yourself. And I was like, oh, great tips. But thank you for being here. I think it's going to be a really fun interview for our listeners today. All right. So Megan, let's start off. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, and what it is you do. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Megan Ruffles,
0: and I always say this, just like the potato chips or ruffles on a dress, whichever (laughs) you prefer. And I say that because you would not believe how many people don't get ruffles. It's (laughs) Russells or Ruggles. It's (laughs) everything but ruffles. So I always say that. So, I am the founder, the owner, the creative mind behind the Chicish Chick. And being Chicish is a lifestyle. So, you know, I'm a Midwesterner and I love the Midwest way of life. So, it's all about taking Midwest values and practicality and combining it with Chic living.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. So when did you get this idea to start a brand that embodied that and kind of take us through the evolution of like you had this concept and then you decided to run with it?
0: Yeah, I've always wanted to help people and it used to be, I, I used to be kind of like the point person that people would come to, how should I wear my hair? How should I dress? You know, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And so I sort of just, you know, I started following some other bloggers and believe it or not, I used to do, and you probably remember this Molly, primarily fashion Mm -hmm. and you know, the brand has kind of evolved from there, but I really wanted to help people. And what it all boils down to is confidence. So when you're in an outfit you love, when your home is stylish and comfortable, When you can make a delicious meal or host a party, it makes you feel good, right? Mm -hmm. So feeling good, you know, about yourself gives you confidence and that positively impacts all areas of your life. So I always use this as an example. Nobody feels good showing up at the ball in sweatpants. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you need a badass ball gown.
1: (laughs) My mom always said it's better to be overdressed than underdressed.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) She's totally right. So I just really want to help people combine that, you know, values and practicality with the chic living, because I know a lot of people want to do the same thing. So it's really all about finding ways to have the lifestyle you want and having fun while doing it. So that's where I come in and I will teach you how to do that.
1: Awesome. So how long have you been doing this? About three years. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And so it would have been, like you said, I probably started following you. It was a little over two years ago, I think. And mm-hmm. at that time, like you said, it was a lot about fashion and like you would find deals or find these really cute clothes at places like Target or mm-hmm. on like a TJ Maxx run or at Ever Eve, Right. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then yep, that's correct. I loved watching you do those shopping trips and then doing mm-hmm. try-ons and giving your like honest This fits well, this didn't fit well, this looks great, but maybe I'm worried about the way it's gonna hold up after getting laundered. So I really appreciated your really frankness because, like you said, people here or in rural areas, like we want to have that confidence of being well put together. But sometimes when we follow these influencers online, it's like, oh my gosh, I cannot like that doesn't fit into my budget. So I loved that you were being very practical. You were like, here's where I got this. This is a great option of ways you can use it multiple times. This I would totally invest my money in this. I probably wouldn't. And I just really appreciated the way that you were open and honest with your audience. I thought it was awesome.
0: Yeah, honesty and integrity are two, you know, main pillars of my brand. I want to be honest, but you know, it's a fine line because you don't want to speak poorly of a brand. Right. So it's, it's always that fine line of being honest, but you know, not, I don't want to bash a brand by any means.
1: Right. And I think you did a good job with that, where it would be like just saying not bashing. It would just be that here's my take on it. And this might work mm-hmm. for someone in this situation, but this might not work for someone in this situation or something.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I thought you handled that very well. Yeah, well, thank Very you. chic. <laughs> no ish. <laughs> no ish, just very shape. <laughs> um, so from there, like you said, you've kind of gone through an evolution where it's still sharing your favorite things and giving people tips for ways that they can implement these things in their own life. but beyond the fashion, you're doing more home decor and things like that. When did you start feeling like you were ready to evolve and go that direction?
0: Well, I was lucky. In the sense that i had already started combining sort of that lifestyle aspect to not only the fashion so i would do um i became pretty known for my cheese boards or grazing boards and then tablescapes was a big thing i would do i redecorate my mantle you know every quarter so there were parts of the brand that were already starting to evolve but i was so lucky when the pandemic hit that I already had those things in place because it was just a natural, you know, evolution for me to continue doing those things. You know, I wasn't going out every day, you know, we were all staying at home more than we ever had before. So I didn't have a reason to, you know, be sharing a lot of fashion or, you know,
2: mm-hmm. going
0: shopping and, and sharing all of those clothes because it didn't fit where I was at in my own lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I began sharing more and more about the home and more and more about food in general, easy recipes, grazing boards. So I was really lucky that I had that. And it was such a blessing because I have really grown a lot this past year. Um, I've really honed in on, you know, some of the things that I've gotten pretty good at. And so it's just It was really a blessing for me that I had that background.
1: And I think you do a really great job of listening to your audience and paying attention to where are they at and what's important Mm -hmm. to them. So like you said, at the time that the pandemic hit about a year ago, like it kind of brought your regularly scheduled programming to a halt and you were at home a lot. And so a lot of your audience was as well. And I remember you at the time, I think you reached out to me and a few other people. You're like, I'm going to put together this dress up week because I think it's something that will make everybody excited and happy and it'll be a fun thing we can do. And so it was almost like a high school homecoming dress up week where each day (laughs) there was something different that we would wear. And it was, it was so much fun, but I just wanted to bring that up because to your point, like, you're just paying attention to what your audience was going through. And it didn't make sense to be talking about all this fashion when people couldn't go shopping or even leave Mm -hmm. their house. But I think you do an excellent job of like honing in on what's important to your audience and then serving them in that capacity where they're at.
0: Well, thank you. Chicish spirit week. We should bring that back. (laughs) (laughs) The one year
1: anniversary.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I remember your video with the jacket, the charger
1: jacket. Oh, I had my, yeah, my, um, my starter jacket. Yeah. Yes. Cause I still oh, have yes. the same one from when I was in like elementary school. <laughs> That's what it
0: is. Starter jacket, not charger. Jacket. <laughs> that was awesome. That was like one of the
1: highlights of the entire week. <laughs> that video was so good. Oh my gosh. And I, you had like a fancy day too. And I remember like, we were just at home, obviously everybody yeah. was at home, but I decided, okay, I'm going to get my wedding dress out of the box, out of the closet. I'm going to pull it mm-hmm. down because who cares? And this is like the epitome of sheikish. Like I didn't have my hair washed. I had my glasses on. I had my hair up and just like a messy bun. And I put on mm-hmm. my wedding dress and my kids were like, oh, you look so beautiful. We're going to play wedding. And they said, <laughs> you are in charge of the snack table. And I was like, I'm the bride. <laughs> So they put on fancy clothes and had a party and I had to stand at the kitchen counter and serve snacks. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Oh. It was awesome. so fun though. That was such a great idea and I loved it. Um, you mentioned during you said like the evolution of where your brand has gone in the last year. You've become known for your cheese boards and grazing boards. Can you speak a little bit to what these are? I know they have exploded for you. So talk a little bit about that if you will, please.
0: Yeah. So my husband is a swim coach. Maybe you knew that already, or maybe you didn't. So he is really busy at certain times of the year. I mean, it's the hours that he puts in is insane. And so he was home, you know, for the first time with me this much and probably the first time in our entire relationship. And I think he was getting a little stir crazy. He was getting a little bored. And so he, I guess, just found these woodworking skills and he started off by making a bag set and so he made that and it was really sturdy and I was like, oh, my husband thinks he's a woodworker now. He thinks he's a carpenter. <laughs> like I was sort of poking fun at him and i I feel bad now <laughs> because he really <laughs> does have a skill and you know, the bags set came out really well. And then he made me one of those um, herb gardens, like a stand-up herb garden.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that turned out really well. He made a coffee table. And then I said, well, I really want a long charcuterie board that I can put down the center of the table for when we finally can have people over again, I can fill that up. We can sit at the table and just kind of graze and snack off of that. So he did that. And I was like, oh my gosh, we need to make individual charcuterie boards that are small for social distancing. Mm -hmm. And it sort of evolved from there. And so he made a bunch of boards. So at the time I had launched Chica Charcuterie, which is a how-to guide for creating epic meat and cheese boards. And so that comes with a bunch of different boards that you can create, shopping lists, et cetera. So I sell that on my merchandise website. So then I added the boards and they just, every time we would add a new batch, they would sell out and it was just, I I don't, I don't know how to explain how exciting that was. It was just so much fun and it's really kind of grown from there.
1: And I love that you tie that in. Well, it ties into listening to your audience and knowing what's important to them. Like we had Mm -hmm. talked about before. And also I love how it ties into other aspects of your brand, because like you said, you had this book already, then you have the boards and now you're incorporating those boards into the designs of your tablescapes and things like that. I love watching your tablescapes come together and how the boards can like fit in the middle of a charger or a dinner plate. And it just like brings an accent to the overall feel. But Mm I, I think it's so cool how these separate things now all tie together for you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. And it's one of the kind of the bright spots that came out of 2020 for me.
1: Oh, Yes. And it's been a big, like you said, a big growth year for you and your brand. And one thing that when we were prepping for this podcast, and we were talking about what maybe our talking points would be, I was like, "Oh, I'd love to have you talk about Sheikish. I'd love to have you talk about influencer marketing and mm-hmm. being part of your community." And then you said, "Oh, and also, I've like recently gotten into TikTok and I've grown a following there of like 50,000 people." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> Cuz <'Cause laughs> I'm still a TikTok newbie. And so I'm still like mostly I'm scrolling and laughing at mm-hmm. the funny videos there. But Can you walk us through, like, when did you decide to start showing your brand on TikTok? And then what were some things you did to grow your community on that platform? Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I, like most people, joined TikTok at the beginning of quarantine. I, you know, had more time than ever. So I just downloaded it and I was so addicted. I mean, (laughs) I cannot even tell you. And at first, you know, it was kind of just like mostly funny videos. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't see a lot of brands like I do now. I didn't see a lot of, not as much DIY, you know, just, it was mainly just like a fun outlet. Mm -hmm. And i got to tell you, TikTok really saved me last year. It just brought me so much joy. And every time I'm in a funk or, you know, just want to see something new, I get on the app and it just. I don't know. It just makes me feel better. I'm not going to say TikTok saved my life, but (laughs) you know, it really helped me out of some dark moments that I had last year. And I just really got into it. And then I started seeing more, you know, design more, a little more fashion now too. You know, it's kind of evolved, you know, a lot more of the Instagram community is coming over to TikTok. So I just continued to share what I always do. And I think that TikTok is basically the essence of chicish. So <laughs> you can get on the app and you can see someone make a beautiful, well styled like cake.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: it's made from scratch. The design is beautiful. Like it's almost too pretty to eat. And then you keep scrolling. And then the next video is, you know, someone drinking a bush light. <laughs> you know, yes. Doing something funny. So it's like it is the essence of chicish. all into one. And I think that's why I love it so much because you can be both. You can be, you know, styling a table one day and drinking a bush light in, you know, on your deck the next. I think TikTok is basically the essence of chicish, And I just, I love it so much.
1: Oh my gosh. I think. I was a late adopter to TikTok because at the beginning of quarantine I was like, A, I I feel like all the kids are doing that and I don't want to be like <laughs> getting on there and like ruining their vibe." And then B, I was like, "I think it's a lot of dance videos and you've probably seen me dance before <laughs> like I'm not a good dancer." But then like as the pandemic went on and we were at home, like you said, I was hearing more about the things that people were finding on TikTok and how it was really especially in like all that went on in 2020 and how Facebook and Instagram kind of became places where people vented or like aired their grievances, like TikTok kept to being, for the most part of what I saw, like a light. Like you said, it was Mm -hmm. joyful. It made you laugh. I feel like the creativity that people have on there is just amazing. I'm always floored by like people who are musical. And there are those dance videos that I'm like, I don't know how people do this, but it's awesome. And artists doing their paintings, it is just like you said, it's a really great place and it leaves you feeling better after you've gone through it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's just like the world is so heavy at certain times. And it's just, it's nice to kind of just forget about that for a minute and just, you know, have some fun.
1: Awesome. Um, so when you started TikTok for Sheikish, Mm -hmm. Right now, like a lot of the TikToks that I've seen from yours, I love that you do the voiceover and you're kind of doing something in the video and then you're talking about it. And I almost, I don't, let me know if this is the intention, but I almost equate it to like a video blog post, like a blog. I feel like you're sharing your thoughts and things like that. And I love that you're doing this in that format because I know that maybe even people listening they might think of TikTok a lot of the way I did at the beginning where they're like, I can't do those videos where you're dancing and stuff, but I love what you're doing, where you're doing like walkthroughs and you're sharing your thoughts. And it's really a nice way to not only use TikTok, but I feel like it connects you to your audience. there so much better too.
0: Mm -hmm. I really try to keep education at the forefront of my mind when I'm creating a TikTok. So I want people to come away from it with something. Mm-hmm. So I can't do that with every single video. Sometimes I just do things for fun and you, you have to and just kind of do that sometimes. Yeah, that's good too. <laughs> yeah, But I really try to be educational and to teach something or to have a takeaway where people can, you know, implement something into their own life.
1: I think that's great. So what would be if somebody is just like, Thinking about utilizing TikTok for their business or their brand, mm-hmm. but they haven't like really dove in yet. What are some tips that you could give to the listeners that you're like, okay, if you're thinking about using TikTok for your brand, here's what I would suggest.
0: First of all, just do it. You have got to get on the app. You really do. And I am not one that says you need to be every place. I don't think you need to be on every social media to be successful. But just get started at the very least, even if you're just thinking about it or think you might want to get to it someday, reserve your username. So whatever your brand's name is, even if you're just, you know, for the first month or so, just kind of want to check it out and see what it's all about, you know, reserve your username. So that's number one, just get started. So I look back at my first videos and I didn't start doing educational posts right away, I sort of had to find my way to, you know, my first few posts were what I'm doing in quarantine versus what my husband is doing. So it was all about like me, like being lazy and, you know, <laughs> spot, like looking out the window, spying on the neighbors. And he was like mowing the lawn and working out and, all that stuff. and I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> You don't start in a place where you're advanced, you know, you just have to start where you're at mm-hmm. and, you know, start with the things that are very easy. So maybe that's, you know, depending on what your business is, it could just be you talking directly to the camera and giving them tips for, you know, we have a uh, lawn and garden season coming up. So maybe you're giving tips on how to care for your flowers or how to care for your lawnmower or you know, tips to make your um, lawnmower run smoothly, you know, depending on whatever your business is, it could be just very simple educational things that you think that most people already know, but they don't like you would Mm -hmm. be surprised at how many people do not grow up in an environment where they are learning the things that you did when you were growing up. So so don't Yeah. Don't assume that people know things because there is a huge community out there that just, they don't know.
1: Oh, I think that is great. Anybody listening can think back to, okay, what's something like super simple. That's a part of my day or a part of my Mm -hmm. business that I feel like I do every single day. And I could like walk you through it with my eyes closed. That's Mm -hmm. the kind of thing that you can use for those entry-level getting started TikToks because you're so well-versed in it that it's going to be something you can talk about easily. And now you just have to think about how you're going to talk about it in this new format.
0: Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, you know, one of the mistakes that I made when I first started, I was still like really heavy into that fashion mindset. And I would see all of these like crazy transition videos. So, you know, people transitioning from looking you know, like they have their pajamas on and then they would transition and they would, you know, then they would look all made up and have a cute outfit on. Well, I was trying to do that and (laughs) I was under the app. So I was trying to figure out how to edit it. I was at the time pretty new to video editing. So I didn't really understand, you know, the functionality of the app and how to edit inside the app. And I, I was trying so hard to recreate some of the things that people that were really advanced were trying to do. And I should have just started where I was at and done things that were very simple to lead up to those other things because I wasted so much time trying to do things that were way beyond my skill level. And so I wish that I would have, you know, repurposed some of my old content. Into the app and I I wish there's a lot of things I wish I would have done differently, but you know, that's you live and you learn There's only only one way to learn and that's by just trying it
1: Yes, I love that you brought that up about just starting where you're at with your skill level and growing from there And I think that's really key on any social media platform that people are trying to grow on like Don't put yourself five steps ahead when you're still learning some of the basics Give Mm -hmm. yourself the opportunity to grow and just start where you're at So you can learn as you go, because otherwise you'll get overwhelmed or like you said, you'll be dedicating a lot of time to it. And then maybe you'll be like, dang, this takes a long time when really it doesn't have to, if you approach it simply.
0: I know. And, you know, I think you can break down a big idea into small bite-sized pieces of content. So you have a minute on the app to create a video, 60 seconds. So You know, how many things in that 60 seconds can you break down into 10 videos, into three videos? You know, there's so many different ways, you know, as long as you just think about it in that kind of like bite-sized piece of
1: content. So when you're creating content, I just have a couple of like content creating questions Mm -hmm. that I get a lot for other platforms, but you're the TikTok expert. So I'm going to ask them of you. So is there an ideal frequency of posting? Like, do you post a video a day? Do you do multiple?
0: There is so many different opinions on this. Um, I think that you should just do what you can consistently week over week. So if you can only create three videos a week, do that for a month and then see where you're at there are tons of people that will say create three or four videos a day. If you want to grow, that is to me an impossible feeling. Mm -hmm. Who can just get on an app as a new person and create three to four videos a day. That is just, and it's so overwhelming that it's going to, you know, just bog you down and you're, you know, you won't even be able to create three a week because you're so focused on that. So I think whatever you can do, Or, you know, the other option that I would suggest would be to create several pieces of content and then save them as drafts. And then once you kind of build that up, then you can release them so that you, you know, maybe you want to do one a day. And so you build up your content for, let's say, a month. And then you have that month built up that you can already release. And then you can start to build the content out into the future. So there's different ways to do it and then you're going to be more successful because you're going to have that consistency and TikTok's going to know, hey, this person is, you know, consistently posting and then, you know, it'll be good for your account and growth and all of that.
1: I love that I love that approach that you bring to it. Do what's consistent for you. Don't overwhelm yourself with trying to do multiple in one day because I do like you said feel like when we approach it from, I have to do it this many times a day, we put so much pressure on ourselves that it ultimately leads to a creative block. Maybe that's just me. But Mm -hmm. when I put a lot of pressure on, oh man, I got to get something out today. Then I ultimately never have ideas. (laughs) But like you said, when you're just like in the flow and you're like, oh, I could take this big concept and maybe break it into multiple pieces. Then I've got five videos I'm actually putting myself ahead. And I feel like when I approach it from that perspective, then I ultimately get more creativity. I'm like, well, I can take this and break it down into that. And then you also mentioned repurposing content that you had done in the past. Can you speak to that a little bit? And what is that concept of repurposing and where do you get that from?
0: Yeah. So I used to, well, I still do. I do these little time-lapse videos of a tablescape coming together. And people love them on my Instagram, on my Facebook. It's always done well for me. And I wish I would have, I mean, some of it's seasonal, so it's not always possible to do at that time because, you know, you don't want to be setting an Easter table if it's Christmas, for example,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I wish I would have just taken that content that I had and I did some of that, but I wish I would have done more of that, you know, things that I already had, and then just put that into the app. So I would say, you know, any, any videos or any pieces of content even if it's like a written blog post or a you know written piece of content on your Instagram that has a tip or a piece of education or a thought that you want to share all you have to do is read that you mm-hmm. know read that direct to camera give the tip you know maybe you're sharing you know a video of, of how to do something but use the content you've already created and Just kind of reframe it a little bit for the
1: app. Yes, I think that's really a huge point that you made there. So if you can go into the other platforms you're already present in, whether that's Facebook or Instagram or what have you, you have access to insights and you can go into those insights and filter out your posts on Instagram. Mm -hmm. On Facebook, you have to kind of go through manually, but you can filter it out so you can see your posts that got the most likes or your posts that got the most saves or the most click throughs to your website. And those are excellent starting spaces for creating and repurposing content onto new platforms. So just mm-hmm. like you recommended with your time-lapse videos that were already performing well on Instagram, going in and looking at that video, taking that and reading the caption from Instagram in a voiceover, and you've got a TikTok ready to go. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's awesome. So when you are creating a TikTok video, are you using third-party apps to create these or are you doing all of your video clipping, all of your voiceover recording and adding the text directly in the TikTok app?
0: Yeah, great question. It depends. So if I am speaking direct to camera, I do a series on home building. So we built our home four years ago and I have started a series on giving home building tips, um, you know, possible upgrades, things that you should know in the beginning, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So if I'm doing something like that, I will just film it in the app. And so I will, you know, open the app and then film the video right in the TikTok app. Now, if I am creating a video on a recipe, like let's say I'm making a dip, I will then create the recipe video just in my video app or sometimes I'll incorporate like a time lapse section if I'm doing a you know, charcuterie board or, or what have you. And then I will upload the clips of the video that I want into the app and then finish editing it in the app. So I don't use apps like InShot to create the video and then upload it. I find it easier to just film the video and then take the raw footage and then edit it in the TikTok app.
1: Awesome. I love that. I have used InShot for various things for like Instagram Reels, for example, Mm -hmm. but I agree wherever you can use the app natively as much as possible, as much as the apps say they don't reward this, I feel like there is an algorithm boost if you use as many of the in-app tools as possible. So Mm -hmm. I would totally second what Megan says, where using the video function or the editing function within TikTok will help set you up. And it'll give you a little bit more of that skill level that you're looking for so that you're feeling a little more adept with using the native Mm -hmm. tools within TikTok.
0: Yeah. And I am not a naturally technology inclined person. I'm just not I know that I'm in the age range that I should be, but (laughs) it took me a while to figure out the editing features in the TikTok app. I mean, it just, it's a learning process and you just have to kind of get in there and play around with it. And then you kind of learn some tips and tricks on how to do things. But, you know, once you get used to it, it's, it makes total
1: sense. Mm -hmm. One more question on TikTok. And then I want Mm -hmm. to move on to another topic that I want to make Mm -hmm. sure we have time for. So you're doing a great job of creating new content. Are there any other strategies that you're using to grow your community there beyond just creating new content and new videos for your followers to consume?
0: You know, the, the things you hear time and time again, making sure you're engaging with your audience, responding to comments, direct messages. You know, I think if you repost popular videos that maybe have done really well in the past, because people really love them, you know, just utilizing and forming a community. And, you know, it's not just about the numbers of the people, but it's a, I mean, there are real people behind those, you know, user one, two, blah, 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 Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, they're, they're real people and, you know, they're there to connect with you. They're there to learn from you. And so I think it's really important to keep them in the forefront of your mind and not create content for yourself, but create content for your community. What does your community want to see? What do they want to learn? You know, my favorite part is interacting with my community. I love it so much. And especially when someone says, oh, I, you know, I tried your recipe. I loved it. Thank you so much. Or this is such a good tip. Thank you. It just... It brings me so much joy because I know that, again, going back to that confidence thing, that's what it boils down to. So, you know, I'm I'm helping teach them and give them confidence in areas of their life. And it's just, I don't know, it's really cool.
1: Oh, and yeah, I think you just perfectly brought us full circle to where you started from with your brand and how your goal is to help people. Mm -hmm. And through the, the years, you've gone through an evolution of not only what you're helping with, but also the tools you're using to do that. And now TikTok is definitely a way of helping a great number of people in really real valuable ways in their life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Before we move on to the next topic, can you give us your TikTok handle? We'll recap this again at the end of the interview, but if people are interested right now and they're like, I want to pause mm-hmm. and go see what she's doing there. Can you give us your TikTok handle, please?
0: Yeah. It's just the Chick, and that's what I am on all platforms. So
1: Awesome. Okay. So yeah, right now you have my permission as long as listener, you promise to come back. (laughs) You have my permission to take a pause and go check out what Megan's doing on TikTok so you can see this in real time. (laughs) Um, Okay. So one thing, like I said, I really wanted to make sure we hit on because we can talk a lot about, and I know I do talk a lot about social media and the importance of showing up on social media. And I don't want that to overshadow the things we do in real life, in our towns, in our homes, in our neighborhoods. And in August of 2020, your neighborhood in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, went through a major catastrophic weather event. Can you tell us a little bit about that, please? Yes.
0: So we experienced what I now know to be a derecho, which if you're not familiar with the term, I had never heard of it either, but it is basically an inland hurricane. So we, you know, we did not even know that a storm was coming. I was sitting in my office, my home office, and I looked out the window and I could see this black cloud coming in. And I thought, oh man, it's going to, this isn't going to be a nasty storm. So I went out, I grabbed all of my garbage bins. I took the umbrella down on my deck. And by that time, I mean, I was doing things very quickly. Um, You know, I had to get inside. It was too late. The town experienced, I don't even know how to put into words the things that I saw. We had up to 140 mile per hour winds that sustained for at least 20 minutes. I know I was in my basement for 45 minutes and it was storming very bad the whole time. Depending on what news source you listen to, there's going to be different, you know, varying numbers and varying lengths of time but the entire city was, was damaged. I mean, we didn't have a single neighborhood in the entire town and there were, there were surrounding towns that had damage as well. Mount Vernon was one of them that was very badly damaged. So I don't want to just say it was Cedar Rapids because it definitely wasn't, it definitely hit, you know, the entire surrounding area. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was just, it was devastating. There was not a single neighborhood in the entire city that was untouched. You know, people had trees through their homes, roofs gone. I mean, it just, it was, it was devastating. And I cannot, I can't even put into words what, what it looked like. And, you know, I've seen tons of damage from tornadoes. We live in the Midwest, we're used to that, but, you know, we're really not set up to have hurricane conditions here. You know, we don't have the infrastructure You know, there are parts of the city that were without power for, you know, over a week, some 10 days, Mm -hmm. you know, internet was down. We could not even call. We, you know, we had no cell service. So it It was a crazy time. And I say all of this, but we were so lucky. Like we personally did not have a ton of damage. I almost felt so guilty because of all of the damage that was, you know, in my family, my friends, it was devastating.
1: And like you said, it cannot even be described because I'm only like 45 minutes away from Cedar Rapids and Cedar Rapids mm-hmm. is a Metro. So there's like 250,000 in the Metro mm-hmm. area, correct? Mm-hmm. And so to say that every neighborhood in the city was affected, that is not an exaggeration. And even today we are what, like six, seven months out. Like mm-hmm. if you drive down to that area, there are still trees sheared off. There are still mm-hmm. buildings that are blown over and haven't been cleaned up. There are still homes without roofs. Like this is not an exaggeration. This is what happened and the effects are still being felt.
0: Mm-hmm. But- and there is a ton of like trash, like all around the city that just, you can't get to it. You know, it's no one's technically responsible for it you know it's just there's still debris and trash and junk from the storm that's just lingering all over the city
1: Mm -hmm. and it was a beautifully like I know this is like the tree canopy is talked about on the news and stuff but really it was Mm -hmm. a beautifully like mature trees were all over the city and you see the before and the after of like the tree damage alone is just you can't wrap your mind around it because there was Mm -hmm. so much loss Mm -hmm. but we bring this all up, not to just like yeah. dwell on this negative, that happened, <laughs> but because Megan was one of the first people who reached out and was like, hey, could you connect me with somebody? I can't remember exactly what mm-hmm. we were talking about, but you kind of started a connection of like, hey, I want to help. Like you said, we were lucky and we got spared in a lot of ways. So we are going to be able to reach out and help other people get on their feet again, get cleaned up. And Megan was Mm -hmm. one of the first people that reached out to other people in our Iowa area that she knew to start like a real grassroots, let's get things moving and get cleaned up again effort. So can you talk a little bit about what were some of the things that you did Mm -hmm. the first days after the derecho? And what are some of the successes you've seen in the city since that time?
0: Mm -hmm. So really, um, you know, initially it was just kind of, surveilling okay you know checking in on your people making sure that they were okay you know physically you know thankfully no one was you know harmed that I knew in the storm you know physically to their person but you know just checking on those people and I just felt like because I had a platform that's you know a big portion of my community is in the state of Iowa Mm -hmm. and. I was looking through my social media and I was really disheartened by the fact that no one was talking about this. You think about hurricanes and a hurricane will come into Florida and we'll hear about it in Iowa for, you know,
1: weeks. Yep,
0: (laughs) They'll be talking about it. They'll be talking about it. Now we had no warning this was coming. So it is a little bit of a different scenario. So I understand that. But I felt like it was my responsibility to use my platform in a way to spread awareness that we needed ice. You know, we didn't have power. You know, none of the gas stations in town had ice. We needed gas. You know, the gas stations were not working. I mean, I know in your area in you know, Cascade, Monticello, people were driving there to get gas because, you know, and to run a generator, you need gas Mm -hmm. to run chainsaws. I mean, it just it compounds itself and when you've got a tree on your house or in your house, you know, it's just a different um you have to do what you can to get it done. Yeah yeah you just you get to work and you help you know we did not have a tree through our home. You know, we did not, but we had friends that did. And so, you know, the main thing at first was just making sure that we could help the people that really needed it, you know, our friends and family. And then I really tried to spread awareness as much as I could. I'm sure that people that were following me at the time were sick of seeing it, but I just couldn't help myself. I felt like it was more important than anything else. And who am I to go continue to set a tablescape or share my outfit when the people in my community were really struggling? And so I didn't feel right about it. And so that's what I used my platform at that time. and I just felt like, It was my responsibility to do so. Now I I have a small following in comparison to a lot of people, but I wanted to try and do as much as I could.
1: And here at Small Minded, we're like, small things can have big results. And I think that's exactly what happened. You have, like you said, you, like, I wouldn't say you have a small following, but like, your following is loyal. And they really, when you shared the news and asked people to just help, A, share what's happening. And then B, how could they offer support if they felt so inclined? You gave them options for that too. And I think that really helped get a grassroots effort of support and financial awareness and donations and like physical donations of food and clothing and all that kind of thing. I think that you're stepping up and doing that and using your platform responsibly really inspired other people to do the same thing and to also give where they could. So I just mm-hmm. wanted to applaud you and recognize all that you did for that.
0: Oh, well, thank you. It, it was, it was what I, you know, I felt like I needed to do and, and what I wanted to do.
1: Oh, and I think like in the months that, like we said, there's still some scars. There will be lasting scars around mm-hmm. the community, not only of Cedar Rapids, but in all the surrounding areas that were impacted too. And so you can still see people who need help getting their homes repaired, getting piles of debris removed, but things have gotten better. There have been Mm -hmm. a lot of strides made, but there's still a lot of work to do out there, correct?
0: Yes, that's correct. I had a a friend, they're they're finally getting a new roof, I think this week or next week. So it's, yeah, it's definitely a, a slow process for some, but we are, as a community, we are moving forward and making progress. And you know, the only, only thing you can't replace are full, full-grown trees. <laughs> you can't replace lives. You know, to my knowledge, I did not hear of any um, lives lost in the city. And so we were so fortunate in that because, you know, there were people that were out and they weren't at home at the time. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, yeah, there are still some scars. We are moving forward. But, you know, it's the only, that's the only choice you have is to move forward.
1: I love that. Okay. So we are going to wrap up our conversation with the small talk round in just a little bit, but can you again, give us, where can you be found on social media, online, if people want to go and follow you?
0: Mm -hmm. So I am on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Pinterest, and my handle is at the chic-ish chick on all of them.
1: (laughs) And we'll make sure to link it in the show notes. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, and then I also have a blog called the chick.com and then a merchandise website where you can buy all of the sheikish apparel, um, to your little heart's content. (laughs) Oh, I love it! (laughs) Which, um, that one is the sheikish market. So if you say that word too many times, it doesn't sound like a real word anymore, which it's not really. I made it up so,
1: (laughs) but I love it, it's perfect. Like yeah. you said, we can be fancy and drink a bush light at the same time.
2: Exactly. That is
1: like, that's me too. I'm very chicish. I fit your brand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So Megan, we're going to do the small talk round. It's really like, just tell us these are like not on brand. These are just fun little things I like to ask my guests.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So first up, what's your go-to snack?
0: Oh. <sighs> anything that's bad for you. <laughs> so like uh, chips and salsa, anything fried, anything that comes on a cheese board. Um, yeah. All the good, I just, yeah. all, all the good stuff.
1: <laughs> all right. Next question. What is your favorite social media platform? Not necessarily to like brand or promote your business, but to just hang out on.
0: Yeah. It's a tie between TikTok and Instagram. I mean, we've talked a lot about TikTok and why I love it, but um, the messaging system with Instagram is so much better and you can really connect with people on a personal level on, you know, Instagram DMs. And so, and that's kind of really where my community started and where kind of where my brand all started was on Instagram. And so I can't, I'm not going to abandon it (laughs) completely for TikTok. I do still love it. Um, especially for beautiful images you know, I guess I have to give it a tie between TikTok and Instagram. That's fair. I'll take it.
1: Um, What was your first job?
0: Okay. So my first job, I was a server in a retirement facility. So basically a waitress, but it was broken up into like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So you would come in, you'd serve the breakfast, you'd serve the lunch or dinner. But yeah, it's a fun, fun first job.
1: I love hearing about people's first jobs because it's often like, you know, it's entry level, but you learn so many like life lessons that serve you in your later years. So yeah,
0: I really learned to listen in that job. And I learned a lot about the elderly community. And, you know, I think we can learn a lot
1: from them. Mm, Love that. Um, Are there any specific like books, TV shows, podcasts that you listen to in your downtime?
0: Well, yours, obviously.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is not meant to be a question that plugs this podcast, (laughs) but thank you. I'm going to plug it anyway. (laughs) Um,
0: I really enjoy the Jasmine Star Mm, podcast. That is a really good one. And I'm kind of a TV junkie. So my husband and I will, like, it's always our goal to find like the next best binge. So right now we're watching Yellowstone I don't know if you've seen that, but it is so good.
1: What season are you on?
0: We're on season three.
1: Okay. Season two, I had to watch with my eyes covered and like watch (laughs) like a little child, like watch it between my fingers. Cause there were parts that I was like, I can't see this. And so then now I'm just like, randomly, I'll just be spacing out and I'll be like, gosh, I wonder what's going to happen in the season premiere of season four.
0: (laughs) I know. I know. It's just, it's a, it's a great show. Yes.
1: Okay. Last question. What are some goals that you have for yourself either personally or professionally in 2021? Oh
0: man, that is a hard question. You know, I would say one of the big things that I really want to do is form some long-term partnerships with brands You know, I've done a lot of work with brands in the past and I've done tons of projects for them, but what I'm really focused on now is forming those long-term relationships and people that I can partner with just because I think it has. So much more of an impact for both a brand and myself when you can form those kind of longer term relationships, you know, the mini boards, you know, I want to continue to grow kind of grow the sales and grow, you know, the, the awareness of the mini boards. So that's always, you know, in the back of my mind and then just making sure that, you know, of course you want to grow your social media presence, but also just fostering the current community that I have and making sure that they're, you know, taken care of and, you know, still happy to be a part of this.
1: Oh, great answer. Very good. All right. Well, thank you so much, Megan. I appreciate your time today and sharing all of your tips and stories with us here at the Small Minded Podcast.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.
1: This was so fun. It was. it was really fun. Okay. Thank you very much. Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Small Minded Podcast, the place on the internet where we celebrate small towns, small businesses, and the people who love them. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be forever grateful to have a review of your experience over on iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you tuned in today. And as always, we welcome you sharing this podcast with your friends and family on social. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Small Minded Podcast or at Media.com slash podcast please go out, make today a good one, take a small step towards a bigger impact. Here's to a life well lived being small-minded.